welcoming everyone to this week's Citizens Climate University. It's a weekly webinar program of Citizens Climate Lobbies that provides CCL supporters like you and I with access to in-depth training opportunities related to climate change and effective climate advocacy. I'm your host, Brett Cease, and tonight's topic is going to jump specifically in to growing your conservative membership, especially ahead of this year's conservative conference coming up this March 28th and 29th. Join Conservative Outreach Director Drew Irley for a training tonight that's going to provide ideas and resources for all of our membership to recruit and engage conservatives and build our movement. Regardless of your political affiliation, the ideas in tonight's training is, are going to engage with conservatives and help highlight how their concern for climate change may also lead them to be interested in joining a supportive community here in Citizens Climate Lobby. A little bit about our speaker, the wonderful Drew Irley, serves as CCL's Conservative Outreach Director. In his role, Drew lends a conservative voice and perspective to the organization's mission while working to recruit, engage, and retain those right of center in the pursuit of a sustainable world. His path to climate advocacy through personal experience is a story that is relatable to many who identify as conservative. I'll let him tell it later on in this training, but we are so glad that you're joining us tonight, Drew. Thank you so much for making time. And if we've done our job well, the following three learning goals are what we will focus on tonight. We'll have the chance to highlight ideas and resources for all of our membership to recruit and engage conservatives. We'll have to, uh, the chance to understand the importance of building an inclusive culture in your own local chapter to create that local supportive community. And we'll be able to highlight how you can take action, especially in this month and a half ahead with your own plan to invite connections to the conservative conference this year in DC on March 28th and 29th. And with that, our agenda is going to reflect a pretty straightforward following uh, pathway. Drew's gonna give a little bit of background on the topic. We'll then dive into some recommendations on who you might reach out to. We'll talk about some tips that Drew has in generating conservative interest, especially around the conference. We'll model some of the ideas that you might use to engage in having a conversation, starting out with some icebreakers and other themes and suggestions. And then we'll put it all together with some other additional suggestions to think about before opening it up for Q&A. So with that, thank you all so much for joining us tonight. It's a real treat to have you with us. And with that, I will pass it to you, Drew, to take it from here. Thank you, Brett. Uh, definitely appreciate the opportunity to be here and to talk to all of you all tonight. Um, so with session one, we're going to talk about the background and the opportunity. So according to Yale and George Mason, back in 2018, I have to believe it has grown since, based on my own experience, 52% of Republicans surveyed thought that global warming was happening and 30 or 36% of those thought it was mostly caused by humans, so anthropogenic. Uh, furthermore, 40% of Republicans surveyed were either somewhat or very worried about global warming. So this is not an issue that is specific to one side of the aisle, as the media would you know, have you believe. Like this is something that, 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 that spreads across. What really becomes polarized is our approaches to it. Um, so, you know, we know that there are conservatives that live near us that are concerned about climate change. So one of our goals here at CCL and our outreach is to find those conservatives that are concerned about climate change and encourage them to turn their concerns into constructive action. So here we have, you know, like, uh, especially with our young conservatives, um, if I could take a minute to kind of like talk about this, 
through the years, you know, what we have, you know, kind of recognized and noticed that environmental action, uh, climate, stuff like that is, is taught more broadly in the classrooms these days. So young conservatives tend to be more open to the idea of climate change, climate action. So as we see, 75% recognize some human activity in climate change, uh, anthropogenic reasons. 65% you know, recognize at least half of climate change due to climate activity. Um, this becomes very important with our outreach and stuff like that because we want to talk to the people who you know, are especially on board. So under 25, uh, really under 40, these are the type of people that we re uh, reach out to regularly and talk to and kind of build on relations that they already have. All right. So what we have here, um, top six desired party attributes, supports aggressive action to ensure, or to ensure racial and gender equality, supports giving students new ways to pay for college, supports raising teacher salaries and school funding, and cares about reducing income inequality, cares about making it easier to move up in poverty. And then what we hear in the top six, supports taking action to address climate change. Clean energy ranks second out of 40 on a list of issues important to candidate support. So number two, we see promoting clean energy. Um, as we move further in this discussion, we will kind of, you know, come, come to terms to see as to why this is what it is. Why, why does this rank so high from an economic conservative perspective? I live in Augusta, Georgia, originally from State College, Pennsylvania, but being down here uh, kind of helps. Hey, Craig. Nice to see you. Um, you know, I you know I would really like to talk from the the state that I live in. So as we can see, sixty six percent of Georgia voters, uh, you know, they believe that global warming will harm you know future generations. Sixty two percent believe that global warming will harm people in developing countries. You know, and we move down to that next level, 77% fund or think that we should fund research into renewable uh, energy sources. And then that same 77% provide tax rebates for energy efficient vehicles and solar panels, or probably any other type of global thing. Um, now, while this information isn't specific to, you know, conservatives, um, it's safe to say that we have the majority vote here just in Georgia of upcoming voters, people who are voting right now that say that we need to move in this direction. So even as a conservative, if I wanna you know, ensure that I have necessary votes, this is something that I need to you know, take initiative on. I need to, to work towards, I need to move towards. Uh, all of our numbers, as you can see, are with the exception of global warming will harm me personally are all over 50%. So moving forward into the next generations, next election cycles, if our conservatives want to stay relevant and Republicans want to stay relevant, these are issues that they need to tackle. Uh, the, for lack of a better way of putting it, the older generation of Republican, the, the institutionalized Republican, starting to see themselves phased out. As our Rep younger Republicans, those under 40, move into the election base, the, the voting demographic, this is becoming more and more of an issue. So if the Republican Party wants to stay relevant, they need to start tackling this issue.
So we move into communicating with conservatives. Um, so if you are a group leader or just somebody who is generally interested in, in speaking across the aisle and how to talk to conservatives around this issue, these are the kind of sections that will you know, uh, benefit you in moving forward. So you know, for section one, general tips for commuting, uh, communicating with conservatives. Section two, we're going to talk about aspects of climate change as it relates to the uh, Republican right of center conservative. Section three, how carbon pricing is politically conservative. And we're actually going to branch past that a little bit to just general policies and what we're going to talk about um, as CCL expands our policy agenda. The, the, the types of things that we can talk about and way that we can bring conservatives to the table. Section four will be more about how carbon pricing or even just any policy is economically beneficial to the conservative. So who should I reach out to? It's a very good question. You know, do I wanna to talk to the, uh, the, the difficult Republican down the street or do I wanna to talk to somebody who adheres to me? Both have their benefits. Who to engage? People you know. If you know someone who is already a, 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 a Republican but understands your perspective, you're going to want to talk to them. You know, they, they understand that you're not someone crazy. You're not coming from some crazy background. You are the trusted, you know, the trusted messenger. Places you already frequent and have connections with. Uh, same kind of deal here. You're going to talk to someone who... You know, they know you for you. Consider inviting them to the March Conservative Conference. When you go out there and you talk about, hey, we have a bunch of conservatives within our organization and outside meeting in D.C. to talk about the conservative policies and principles and benefits to addressing this issue, um, it tends to gauge a, you know, a lot of interest. Uh, going off last year in 2022, we had plenty of people who were not our traditional, you know, CCL members. Um, they came, they heard everything we were talking about, and through that, they kind of jumped forward and said, hey, you know, I agree with what we're doing here. We're bringing our message to the table. We are having this conversation, um, and we're not just leaving it to the polarized left. Uh, and that, that, that really kind of help spark and benefit the conservative conference um, as well as the conservative caucus to bring in different point of views and ideas and ways that we can develop our messaging. So you definitely want to talk to the people across the aisle who may or may not be where you are and for the right reasons. Uh, if you would like to help with our messaging for the conference, if you see on this, uh, this slide here, my, my email is listed please contact me, give me the person's contact information and I will reach out to them directly. It becomes difficult to kind of, you know, like if, if, if you are left-leaning, who do I talk to? Where can I find people who are interested in this topic? Um, here on this slide, we have a few industries, businesses, organizations listed. I'm going to ask Brett to go ahead and drop the link that I provided to him earlier in the chat. Uh, as the conservative outreach director, I am trying to move us more to the ground. 
uh, and you can see that with ourlandwildlife.org. These are people who, without knowing or even with knowing, see the effects of climate change daily uh, through their lifestyle, through the way that, you know their interaction with the land. We have hunting groups, we have land conservation groups, uh, all kinds of different types. So if you know that you have a chapter that is um, active and you know working towards things in your area, this this is a very good place to start. Uh, now let's not take away from Rotary and stuff like that. It's just we want to kind of bring in a wide breadth of conservatives. Um, what I will tell you is that you know we have white collar Republicans who you know, policy is what policy is. And, you know, they're kind of kind of set in their ways. They're either for it or they're not. But we also have this, this very large genre of salt of the earth individuals um, who may have never considered that climate or climate change is really affecting their way of life. Uh, so we want to reach out to them, start having those conversations, start talking to them and kind of relate to different things. And I am always more than willing to be a resource to help you if you choose to move in those directions and start reaching out to those groups. So from this page, we see that we have fishing, you know, trout unlimited, bass, you know, bass nation by state, by fishing partners, all that good stuff. Ducks unlimited, ducks, ducks are great because they're such a indicator species. Uh, they need cold fronts and things like that to move forward. As we have climate change, global warming, we're not seeing the same kind of uh, effect in hunting seasons that we normally would. Um, ACC does a really great uh, educational program for their uh, market environmental academy where they, they, they talk about that, you know, like to see the same amount of ducks right now in 2023 as you would in you know 20 years ago you have to hunt four times as long you know same thing with doves and stuff like that like you need those cold fronts that just aren't happening to push the ducks south you know and this is creating like a huge economic issue uh for the conservation industry um you know if if the ducks aren't there the doves aren't there the wildlife isn't there, people who are interested in hunting become bored, stagnant, they stop buying hunting license. Uh, you know, when we really talk about ducks, you need to have a federal duck stamp to hunt ducks. Uh, 99 cents out of every dollar goes to conservation with your federal duck stamp. If people aren't hunting ducks, they're not buying those federal duck stamps, they're not seeing the ducks, there's extremely less money being dumped into those systems to you know help with the conservation aspects so from an, even from an economic perspective a republican perspective uh you know addressing these issues becomes worthwhile all right section three generating and supporting conservative interest so um conservatives were once you know, that we were the undisputed champions of conservatism. It's, it's the root word in our name. You know, to me and many like me, it's time to return to our roots. You know, we need to go rub elbows with Republican members of Congress and the best of the eco-right 
as we discussed the opportunities provided by conservative climate action. Uh, you know, we need to explore and share ideas on how U.S. jobs, business, and health, you know, they're impacted by climate benefit from market-driven solutions. You know, attend the conference, you know, learn how to be conservative and a climate, you know, climate leader in D.C. and locally. So what we do every year here, uh, at least since, you know, COVID kind of calmed down, we have March 28th, 29th, 2023, we have our Climate Leadership Conference. Last year, we did not do a lobby day, but we got feedback. Everybody wants to lobby. Everybody wants to be in their offices. So on March 28th, it'll be more of a, a conference kind of style setup. Um, we have panels around the outdoors, like I just talked about. Uh, we have representatives coming in to talk, conservative representatives, uh, nuclear, uh, just uh, a young conservative slash eco-right panel going on. And that's all happening on the 28th, all the different perspectives of the eco-right. Uh, on the 28th or the 29th rather, we do have lobbying. So we'll meet up that morning. Everybody will go to their lobby meetings. Um, we have a, a, a target list that we're trying to hit, but you know, at the end of the day, it's you know whoever, whatever office that we can get it, uh, can get into that is right of center, gets talking to them um, and help give them the clout and cover they need to move forward on conservative right of center climate action stuff that makes sense to the economy. Um, and then following that on the 29th, we will have a lobby. We are hoping to have that on the Hill so that representatives or their staffers can attend, rub elbows. And we have you know a substantial amount of people from not just CCL, but the EO right in general that can come and you know, kind of help promote our message. You know, this is why Republicans care. And you'll see that a little bit more here in the next slide. So for this conference, well, back up for me, just one slide there. Yeah, thank you, Brett. Um, last year, we had five Republican representatives come uh, and, and speak to our conference. I wanna brag on that for just a second. Um, that was, from what I've been told, the most representatives that have ever come to a CCL conference in CCL's history. And not just that, but they were all Republican. And because of the way we set this up, because of the way we do this, it was the most open that any of them had ever spoken to, been so open with, you know, in the history of CCL. They, they came in, they felt obligated to talk and, you know, share their, their, share their stuff. So filling this room and talking to other conservatives and encouraging them to come helps us provide the, the clout and cover that our Republican representatives need to actually speak on this issue. All right, we will jump to the next slide, Craig. I'm sorry, Brett. I'm used to running this stuff with Craig. Okay, so, all uh, right. One of the big things for me when I'm doing my conservative outreach here is that uh, if you're left of center, one of the biggest problems that we run into as Republicans is that people expect us to come to the table for your reasons. Uh, 
this can be a challenge. You know, I, I, for lack of a better way of putting it, you know, Mother Earth may not be my thing, but talking about the economy, talking about uh, business and stuff like that, and the way climate change impacts economics, you know, or my lifestyle, you know, and being open to hearing a conservative tell you these things really is important. So if we could, I would like to take the time for Brett to go ahead and play this, this video. This is something that we recorded last year. Hi, I'm Drew Irely. I am the conservative outreach director for Citizens Climate Lobby. My path to being a conservative, uh, concerned about climate action, was definitely a long one. Growing up, it's a very rural area. You had to be into the outdoors or you were gonna be bored out of your mind. So I grew up doing a lot of hunting, fishing. I was the only the, the second person on my mom's side to graduate high school. I uh, graduated June 6th, 05, at like 7.30 at night. And by eight o'clock the next morning, I was on my way to basic training on my 17th birthday. <laughs> had deployments to Iraq, Afghanistan, rotations through Cuba. It was during this time that I really became concerned with energy infrastructure, but I wasn't ready to take action yet. It took the birth of a 10 pound baby girl with cheeks so big she couldn't open her eyes to really get me to open mine. My life just went from the next 50 years to the next 75. What if she's the veteran that follows in my footsteps and she's in the VA suffering from exposure? You know, what if she's on a fossil fuel route and, you know, subject to an IED? How will I be able to look at her in the eye and say, I knew that this could be an issue that you would have to face and I chose to do nothing about it. It's why we fight wars. You know, we fight them now so our kids don't have to. I am fighting climate change now so my daughters don't have to. A lot of people, you know, they say conservatives don't care about climate change and, you know, it's not true at all. We just want sensible policies that don't destroy the economy in trying to find a solution. We have that here at Citizens Climate Lobby. There are a lot of leadership opportunities for conservatives, especially in red states and districts with Republican congressional offices. Conservatives can also join CCL's Conservative Caucus. It's a national group of Republicans and other right-of-center individuals where conservatives can get together and regularly meet online and have strictly conservative-based conversations. Sharing our personal story is how we make a difference. All right. So, like, I'm not going to lie, it's so hard seeing myself up there, giving my own personal story. It's, uh, it seems kind of conceited and arrogant. Uh, but it's, it's important to recognize where people come from. You know, as you heard in my story, I was completely on the opposite side of this. Um, it, was, it was not something I was comfortable with. Um, uh, I was a I was a Trump Republican, um, and it it took a lot and a lot of connection to get me to see where I needed to go, uh, and understanding that you know, regardless of how I felt about something, it was important to take out you know insurance policies around this, and you know I will credit Sabrina Fu, the uh, Mid Atlantic Regional Coordinator for kind of guiding me along that path. Um, 
she didn't pressure me. She didn't push me. She just said, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that based on where you are? What about this? And she kind of guided me down along that. I never had to come to CCL for her reasons. I came to CCL for my own reasons. And when you're doing your own conservative outreach, I think it's extremely important to stop and listen, see where the person that you are talking to is at, and then see the things that they care about and formulate your conversation around the things that they care about. Don't formulate it around what you care about. You know, for lack of a better way of putting it here, like, like your reasons are not my reasons. But Sabrina was very open to helping me see my own reasons for getting here and allowing me to come for my own reasons without shoving her agenda down my throat. Um, so it made it much easier, smooth transition and something that I was willing to kind of take and move forward with. And it's something that I've kind of embraced and moved forward with uh, in my own right as the uh, outreach director here at CCL. You know, like when I, when I talk to other conservatives and I'm doing my outreach, I speak to them and I hear what they have to say. And I, I basically formulate, you know, I put myself in their shoes. I use the tools at their disposal to formulate the argument they would use if they were to go out and advocate. And then I use that against them. Like, here's the stuff that you care about and here's how climate change is impacting that. Um, and then they take it and they're like, okay, that's, that makes sense. And then they move forward with that same discussion and have those conversations. So that is, uh, that's pretty much been my philosophy since having the conversation. So to me, and the way I describe it to people, uh, politics are terrible. It just really is. We're in such a, a, a polarized political field right now. Um, but the, 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 really the thing is that I try to get across to people is that issues aren't polarized. It's our approach that is polarized. And I like to explain it in the sense of sporting events, uh, specifically football. Um, we have Republicans on one side, we have Democrats on the other. They both typically have the same playbook. It's just what differs is the goals that they're trying to get to and the uniforms being worn. The minute that you can break that down and realize that everybody is playing the same game is the minute that you become a more effective advocate. You know, what, what, what is in the individual's playbook? What are they trying to do? How can I relate what my goal and my intentions are to their playbook? You know, you're not going to get a Republican who is going to throw a, a fifth tier issue of climate and, you know, address that wholeheartedly and disregard the way it affects four, three, two, and one. But if you can show them how addressing their sixth tier issue benefits four, three, two, and one, you have a much better issue or a much better chance rather of, uh, getting them to speak to those issues 
you know, how does addressing your sixth tier issue affect all these other ones in a, in, in a positive manner? So, you know, in elaborating on that a little bit further, I'm a Republican. I care about the economy. I care about business. Uh, addressing climate change and coming up with sustainable solutions helps businesses kind of negotiate that pendulum swing that happens when power you know switches um you know and when we can negotiate long term we can come up with better business practices and things like that to help save us money in the long run so you really need to put yourself in your i hate to say it like this but like like the person across the aisle from you your adversary your opponent's position and formulate the argument that they're going to use moving forward uh, so, you know, building this bipartisan support, you know, this, this is how you frame the discussions. This is how you come up with your talking points. This is how you speak to the Republican. So local, uh, we do have, you know, Joe Biden, he's a Democrat. He is the president of the United States. So right now we see a big influx of, uh, local level Republicans, small government Republicans. How does local impact of climate change impact you or your state? We've seen a lot of success with Utah in talking about the Great Salt Lake, you know, all the issues that are going on with that. So being able to connect, to connect climate change from a global perspective to how it is actually impacting your local area has been extremely effective in moving Republicans to talk about issues. Uh, past that, we have global trade. We all want to make sure America is number one. We're Americans. It's in our blood. It's what we do. Uh, so when we talk about global trade, you know, things like, you know, cheap beef, you know, we have countries, China exploiting, you know, uh, coal-fired plants for steel and concrete production. Uh, South America cutting down rainforests to make way for you know uh, ranching and things like that. Um, that makes it extremely hard on the American who is trying to do the same thing. So when we look at the global trade and we start talking about things like carbon border adjustments um, and how implementing a carbon border adjustment so that China or South America or any other country has to pay their their way in their their carbon intensity you know cutting down the trees and what it actually takes to 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 create that product we come to find out that American products are way cheaper um, so we start buying more locally or even on the international side you know with with the rules and regulations we already have as other countries like the European Union and everything, as they implement their own border adjustments, we see that American products become way cheaper and it actually elevates us on the, the global trade scale. So it's cheaper to buy American than it is to you know, import beef or buy from China you know, and, or any of those other countries that are you know, kind of exploiting coal and using those things to create their products. So for, you know, the market can solve a lot of things. We have the free market and it can fix most problems faster than anything else. American industry knows what's up. Um, I look a lot at the, the military. Um, 
you know, a lot of, a lot of different things, especially in the medical field. I was a medic. I'm sorry. You know, the medical field, the military tends to jump out in front and lead the country in what it needs to do. So when there's an issue, the market can fix it faster than anybody else. Like this is the need, this is what we need to do. And this is how we're gonna fix it. You know, consumers are realizing that it's economic to buy solar, it, you know, put solar panels on your house. It's, it's economic to buy into wind technology uh, because it requires a lot less input for more output. The problem here is that, you know, the market can only, you know, it can only fix problems that it can see. Uh, so what we're seeing right now is, you know, with fossil fuels and things like that, we have subsidies. We have stuff that, you know, uh, like your normal American is like, oh, gas only cost me 350 But, you know, we don't realize that every other aspect of our life is taxed to build the subsidy that is needed to get gas at 350 You know, if we had to pull, you know, pay full full cost we've been looking at 10 to 15 dollars a gallon and i don't know anybody let alone a republican who would be okay with that um but you know the six cents on your groceries the amount of money on your your home your clothes all that other stuff we tend to not look at those things because it's very minimal for a maximal output on our subsidies so how do we make climate change visible to the market the way we do it is remove government from it. <laughs> you know, you can't have pay to play. You can't have congressmen and stuff being bought off if we ask the market to correct things. This tends to be more of a libertarian view. Get government out of the solution. So things like carbon pricing, carbon fee and dividend, all that kind of stuff, that really helps us uh, really take government out of it. Um, there's no lobbyists, you know, I, I don't understand we're all lobbyists, but there's no lobbyists that are pay to play, you know, Hey, we want to give you and your, you know, uh, charity X amount of dollars. If you vote this way with something similar to carbon fee and dividend or a lot of the other policies that we are starting to propose here, it takes government out of it. Uh, or at least, you know, to the minimal effect that it, you know, it, it allows the market to really drive what we're trying to do here. Um, and that's a big selling point to Republicans. Uh, it's, you know, we're not, we're not implementing a tax. It's, you know, the, the net revenue that we collect from a, a carbon border or applying a fee to the wellhead gets returned to the houses. Um, no money is used to grow government. So smaller government means more money to the, yeah, responding to crisis equals big government. What, Debbie, what, what, what is that? Those who sell the solution also created the problem. That is the big, that, that's the big libertarian view. Create a problem, sell the solution. So as we move forward, you know, addressing climate change, addressing the issues and the ways that we can do this helps take a lot of the, the the big spending out of it so like it says here like it or not federal government is reliably called on to respond to crises around the country if we can find a way that addresses the crisis without government overreach then we have a very good acceptable solution across all levels section five putting it all together so 
you have met your conservative, you've talked to them, you've heard their issues, you've taken the time to hear their issues, you have kind of formulated a conversation that specifically speaks to them and how they are as a conservative. You brought them to the table, they're having a conversation. We wanna put it all together now to maintain retainability. So what we have here is conservatives on climate change. Many American conservatives care deeply about the environment and climate change, despite what the media tells you. Uh, so here at CCL, we're, you know, we're nonpartisan. Grassroots is important. You know, we're, we're an organization that welcomes Republicans and other, other state of minds and people that can weigh in on this because that's the only way to have balance. Um, you know, and that can come to speak to these issues. So that way it's not overturned in the next election cycle. So together we work towards climate change solutions with members of Congress. So as you bring a conservative into the group, it's important to tie them to other conservatives, speak to, you know, people who share the same values. What I would love for you to do is if you are talking to a conservative and they seem interested, they seem engaged, please connect them with the Conservative Caucus Action Team. So what they can find here is we meet monthly, uh, every other Monday um, of each month. Uh, for the time being, we typically have had like guest speakers come in and talk to uh, conservative issues and topics and things like that. We are transitioning to more of an action team. So here's the conservative talking points that we wanna discuss and kind of get out into our local media and things like that. Um, you know, have the conversations, get them somewhere where they can feel welcome and united. That doesn't always happen in our local level chapters, our groups and things like that. So it's important to follow up. Um, a lot of our our sustained connections happen from phone calls, emails, text messages, uh, letting this person know that they're valued, they're welcome, and they're somebody that we really want on our team, on our side, and we want their voice to complement ours. Uh, and that, that, that requires a lot of effort from the individual, you know, group leaders, chapter members, things like that. Um, and it's really important to be yourself. You know, you don't want to really kind of, you don't want to pretend to him know their, their, their story, their history, their background or anything like that. Be yourself, but be open to them. You know, understand where they're coming from, be receptive to where they're coming from and understand that, you know, their, their concerns may not be your concerns, but that doesn't mean their concerns aren't valid. Uh, Danny Richter said, it was funny because I wrote this in a college paper about two weeks prior to him speaking. Uh, do you want to be effective or do you want to be right? Because we can sit there and we can argue with somebody all day long on what the right reason is to take action. But really at the end of the day, uh, Danny kind of had it pegged. Like it, you're going to be more effective if you let people come to the table for their own reasons, as long as you share a common goal. You know, if I care about economics and you care about environment, 
but we both want something that addresses each issue, we are going to be way more effective together than arguing over the reasons why somebody should actually come to this table. Uh, and then and then try to stay focused. Uh, you know, from our retainability aspect, really, you know, keep keep your discussions, especially in your chapters and everything. Um, keep them keep them focused on the topic at hand. Uh, don't rely on somebody else to kind of step up and bring the, the conversation back on track. Uh, my very first conference, um, I was so excited to be there. You know, as a Republican, uh, my, my right of center circles were like, why are you worried about this issue? Why are you doing this? My left of center circles were like, you're not doing enough. You're just another dumb Republican. Uh, Sabrina Fu asked me to come to a CCL conference and within the first 30 minutes, the amount of people that celebrated me for being a Republican talking on this issue was absolutely outstanding. Fast forward two hours, uh, I'm sitting in a row in a breakout and I've got people behind me talking about an unrelated issue to comp change. Um, something that I felt very, you know, concerned about, close about, uh, something I had very strong opinions about. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm not in the right place. I'm not around people who actually consider my perspective. So, you know, when you're following up, keep it focused. And when you have people come to your chapters and you're talking to them, keep it focused. Keep it focused on the mission at hand. Try not to kind of move outside the left-right boundaries of CCL and what our mission is. Perfect. Thank you so much, Drew. Uh, so here is uh, here's a great uh, little reminder. So we are at the top of the hour here. This is obviously only the beginning of our conversation. Drew has generously made his email available for anyone after tonight that would like to follow up. Um, obviously, we've put several great resources in the chat ahead of time, too, about our Conservative Caucus Action Team page that both Drew and Craig have been instrumental in helping lead and uh, also highlighting uh, just that if you are specifically doing outreach to conservatives, that conservative outreach join page that uh, Drew highlighted earlier is really key too. Drew also mentioned that there's a specific training that Nate, his colleague runs with conservatives, uh, communicate with conservatives. That's a great next place too for a core volunteer training. Such a joy to have each and every one of you here. And if you do take away one thing from tonight, it's think about somebody in your life that you can invite to the conference coming up in March. We absolutely would love to make sure that this year is the biggest success that it can be. Um, and if you need help doing that, Drew, Craig, I know myself, we'd be happy to follow up after tonight. So I'm gonna unmute all lines and wish you all a wonderful evening. Thank you so much for joining us tonight and Drew for your excellent presentation. Good night. Thank you for listening to this episode of Citizens Climate Lobby's training program. You can tune into more episodes anywhere podcasts are available. Inspired by what you heard today? Join Citizens Climate Lobby to advocate for bipartisan climate solutions. Go to community.citizensclimate.org to find more trainings, resources, your local chapter, national action teams, discussion forums, and more. Be sure to like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Citizens Climate. We also invite all of our listeners to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more inspiration. Like what you hear? Recommend us to your friends and make sure to give us a five-star rating. It helps us show up on other listeners' feeds. 
Feel free to pass on any suggestions for future episodes in the comments as well. And together, we are creating the political will for a livable world.